essentially the business model that we had is just that we all want to support each other and I think having that BY food option is just another way to support businesses and I want to ensure that we keep that within our business. Here at Dirty Linen, we love to hear about lockdown, side hustles, forging on, heading into the real world, bringing joy to their communities. Today, we are talking to Farah Sabet. She is the owner of Bud of Love Wine Store in Melbourne's Footscray. Farah, welcome to Dirty Linen. Thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. <laughs> yeah, hi to you as well. I I love. I haven't been to Bud of Love, I have to admit that, but I know that I would love it because there just seems to be a lot of joy, lightness, inclusivity in what you do. Tell, tell us about it. Oh, thank you. No, 100%. Like the reason that I also, because I'm a Footscray local and the reason I fell in love with Footscray to begin with is just because there is that really community vibe and, you know, I come from a Egyptian background, so it's just really nice to walk down the street and hear people speaking like my language and seeing foods from my country. And so I knew that I wanted to open a, up a business that kind of encapsulated all that. And that was within these communities that have restaurants that have been there for 20 years and are still run by the same family. So it was really important for me to kind of bring that into my business and, you know, we're a BYO food venue as well. So it's really about encouraging people to yeah, continue to support the community and support these local businesses around us. That's so cool. So tell us about some, I mean, obviously I want to talk about the wine, but tell us about some of the food that people bring in from local restaurants. So we've had, we're about two doors down from Rush Dashan, which is one of my favourite Ethiopian restaurants in Footscray. Um, but there are, of course, um, like a million amazing other ones. Um, but people have bought in the injera. So that's, you know, it comes in those big metal plates um, with the injera and all the curries. People have brought that in, which is in itself really nice because it's a sharing plate. So it is really beautiful to see people like sitting on our big communal table, sharing that food with a bottle of wine. And it does kind of spark conversations with other customers, which is exactly why I created that communal table because people are interested and they want to look and they're, you know, they're asking about the food and then, you know, the owner of Rastashan will come in and, you know, bring us some extra bread or an extra curry that he had. So it's really just that nice community homey feel, which is exactly what I wanted. Oh, that's so gorgeous. I love Rastashan as well. And so they'll just put the food on their plates. People just can carry them over or, or he'll bring them over. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I love it. It's just like, it, yeah, it feels, yeah, as I said, very welcoming, very community based and it's just perfect. The last um, dish I had there was this, their lamb soup, which is so comforting and delicious. Um, it is. They're, they're a great, great business, great family as well. Yes. So awesome. It's really, yeah, really cool. Okay. So Farah, give us the backstory. Like um, what made you start Bud of Love um, and how has it progressed over its uh, reasonably short life? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I honestly have not much like no hospital background so I've come from corporate working in digital marketing for about seven years and you know over lockdown being stuck at home I kind of wanted to create a venture I've always loved wine and I always kind of had this vision that I would do something with it but I think COVID was just a great push to say well you know what let's just start an online business because I have that um 
I, like I, I know how to run businesses online. That's kind of, you know, my career. So let's start an online business and see how that goes. And of course, during lockdown, it did very well because people were ordering wine and um, it was just great for me to also get out of the house. I was doing all the deliveries myself. So kind of started that way. And then two years later, I was walking down Barclay Street getting my usual coffee and um, I saw this shop and I was like, oh, this would be perfect for a wine bar. It's just such a beautiful building, has so much history and a really great place, um, but it was empty. And then I think a few weeks later, I saw a full lease sign, like a private lease, and I called them straight away. I think I did it, went and inspected it the day after and then pretty much signed the lease the week, the week of. Um, so it all felt very like, you know, it was meant to be just, and it felt very, it felt right in the moment. Um, and yeah, and now we're almost six months in and it's been amazing, as I said, just being involved in that Footscray community and just growing as my, you know, for myself, like a business owner and working, I've never worked in a hospital. It's been a huge learning journey for me. <laughs> what are some of the things that have been, you know, the biggest lessons or the things that you feel like have really stretched you the most? I think the main thing is really just, as I said, growing as myself like being a female owning a business you definitely get some weird looks but I've also had some amazing support from winemakers other businesses and customers but definitely kind of taking that role on requires a lot of responsibility I feel which I think sounds strange because I, I don't know as a female you almost feel like you have to do more and push harder and I've spoken to my friends about this as well who are in businesses and they say like you you almost need to prove yourself which is so strange but um, I think just being confident and just standing proud and saying yeah I own this I started this and I'm going to continue to forge you know myself in this community and then in this area in hospitality um, has been a great learning lesson for me. Yeah I mean there's so much in what you've just said. I suppose with speaking uh, during the week that we'll have International Women's Day as part of it. So I guess a lot of people are thinking about, you know, women's rights and the way that women are perceived, um, the paths that women um, find easier or, or harder. Um, and we started talking, Farah, you know, over the past couple of weeks when there has been a, a whole blow up um, in food media about misogyny and about the way women are treated in hospitality so I mean has that been you've come from marketing like I mean do you feel that marketing and hospitality are very different in the way that women are perceived and treated or do you see do you think we're you know are we talking about something that's just society-wide or or just hospitality a particular landscape I think, um, and that's a great question. I think in hospitality, the thing that differs the most is that you're really, you know, face, you're, you're oh, I was going to say client facing, you're very customer facing. So I was fortunate that I've worked with ama in amazing industries, which had a lot of female leaders. So that in itself was just great to kind of see that and see lead most of um, the leaders actually in my old agency were all females. So that was amazing to see. But I think going into definitely a hospital business, as I said, people do look at you a bit differently when you are a female or if I'm pouring a beer, you know, you get those little comments like, well done, you did so good. And it's like, you know, I'm, pour I'm pouring a beer. Like it's not, it's, it's, you know, anyone can do it just because I'm a female doesn't mean I'm incapable, uh, sorry, incapable of pouring a beer. So you definitely get those kind of remarks a lot. Um, or, you know, people feel like it's, they can just come around the counter and help you or give you some advice. And, you know, it's always, again, as I said, something that I'm learning is it's always great to take advice because I'm not 
I don't come from a hospital background, but sometimes there are those boundaries that get pushed. Um, and I do also find myself, if I'm working with a male, that I will kind of be seen as the lesser, even though I'm the business owner, I'm kind of seen as the one that's, oh, well, can you just run a drink? Or I'm the one that's, um, I've actually learned this new word recently called emotional labor. Um, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but essentially it's just that females tend to be the, the emotional laborers that have to kind of suppress certain feelings and evoke certain feelings. Um, and I've done that a lot in this job where you might get males who just want to have a chat and just want you to sit there and essentially listen to them. And it, it's hard because you want to support these customers and you want to be there, but at the same time, you're doing your job. And I think if a male was put in the same position, he probably wouldn't get that, um, get get treated that way if that makes sense it's sort of like I'm a female I have to just listen and be entertaining to you and serve you rather than have an intellectual conversation with someone I'm not yeah yeah no it's so well expressed and yeah I do I do know that term and you know that uh, yeah it really resonates um it's so interesting isn't it you really sort of land on something where it's hospitality, so there is this expectation of, you know, looking after people, pleasing people, make sh- making sure they're happy. But of, at the same time, you, there are really important boundaries that you need to set and probably reset for different people or in different circumstances. Um, it's, it's pretty tricky, isn't it? It is. It's something that I've definitely learned. I think it's important as, for yourself, though, and just, and sort of, just sort of confidence. And I think it comes, you know, with time that confidence to set those boundaries um but I think it's something that it is hard for females and you know I've even speak to my partner about this and he would say well why are you scared to kind of stand up or why are you scared to say something and unfortunately it is scary because if I'm there by myself and there's a man who kind of is a little bit more assertive you need to almost pull back a little bit because unfortunately that's just how it's been for so many decades. Um, but, you know, coming into this business as well, my mom is a business owner, so she's been a great role model for me. And I kind of want to instill that, you know, in my business, I want to hire, you know, I I want to hire f- females and males, but I think if I hire, when I am hiring females, I want to instill that confidence in them that my mom did with me, because I think it is really hard to grow up as a female still, um, even though we have come a long way, it's still kind of, we have the expectations that aren't really set on men. Um, and for me, I, I kind of want to carry that on and give confidence and yeah, make people feel like they're able to stand up for themselves and have a voice. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, are you in a position yet where you are employing people? Yeah. Yeah. So I have employed a few people. Um, one in particular, she's, you know, a younger girl. She's amazing. She's such a quick learner. Uh, and I just want to give her that confidence to just say, run the floor, you know, speak to customers, do whatever you feel is comfortable because um, I don't think a lot of people are given that opportunity. So yeah, I, uh, it's just been great to kind of um, do that. And also I'm learning a lot of how to kind of manage people, but also, as I said, kind of give people room to grow in their own self um, and give them that confidence to do so. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I just love this chat. It's, um, you know, I guess a lot of people in small business are definitely going to be learning as they grow. But I think to have this almost like quite a well thought out HR policy, at least in this regard, or like right from the beginning um, and uh, an outcome 
that you're looking for in terms of empowerment and the way that people can engage with their work and people that are coming in through the business. I feel like, um, yeah, it's such a positive way to, to launch your business life, Farah. A hundred percent. And thanks for that. And I think, yeah, you know, with me, when I first started working, you know, there's a lot of things that didn't, weren't great, you know, working in retail, especially, um, you're kind of put in certain situations that you might not feel comfortable with. And, you know, I don't want to ever do that to anyone. And I want to make sure that I'm kind of creating a path that's, yeah, to, in the in the positive direction and in the direction that we should be going. Tell us a bit about your mom because she sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> she is. She's she's great. She's um, so she's run businesses for about almost twenty years in the medical industry. So again, a very male focused industry in terms of you know higher up. Um, but she's just handled herself amazingly, and I think. You know, she's, you know, migrated. We all migrated from Egypt. Um, We moved to Australia in 2000. So, of course, she has an accent. She looks different. She has a different name. Her skin color is different. But she's really managed to kind of create a position for herself in the industry and become very successful at it. And I love just watching her interact with people. And she honestly takes no BS. Like, not in a disrespectful way, but she's kind of just like, well, why can't I do this? Why can't I? be successful? Why can't I strive to do this better? Um, and it's just interesting watching her in a, in a meeting with other, let's say, older white males um, and just their faces when she's like, well, why can't we do this? Let's just do it. What, what's what's the harm? And I think it's, um, it's really great having that as a role model because th- she's always says there's a solution for everything. There's, you know, don't ever fail. Don't ever feel like you need to um, stop pushing your ideas. There's always going to be a solution. There's always going to be a way out of something or a, a different direction that you take for a more positive outcome. So she's been great, um, especially for me opening this business. She just says, don't stop, keep going, work hard and you'll get there because that's all she did. Um, mm. Great to have that in your ear. So good. A hundred percent. So tell us about you and wine, Fari. You said you've always loved it. How did you connect with wine and, and what is it that um, keeps you engaged? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, for me, I've always had a love of wine since I was younger. I was always the girl that had a bottle of wine with her. And I think going into lockdown, as I said, I was just experimenting, trying different things, trying to support a lot of local winemakers, especially those that are natural minimal intervention. I kind of really love that aspect of it. Um, And it kind of just grew from there. And, you know, I started having conversations with these winemakers and reading their stories and, you know, that they're, especially if they're like a small family run vineyard and keeping it within the family and, you know, only produce maybe two to 300 bottles per per vintage per season. Um, It's just, it's been great to really support those people and those families. So the love kind of just grew from there. And I think once I opened the shop and I started to actually meet these winemakers, it, it felt like I was meeting celebrities, but then they were so down to earth and just so had so much passion for their business, which really just encouraged me to keep going because it's like, well, if they have passion for their business, I need to have passion for their product and I need to continue to bring that into my business. And it's just like a beautiful kind of circle of supporting these yeah, smaller winemakers and yeah, kind of pushing it into my business and having the same, we have the same kind of values and morals, if that makes sense. Totally. It's so interesting. You know, I love chatting to people about wine because everyone comes from it, you know, in their own way. And I, you know, a lot of wine conversations can be a bit intimidating because you feel like you've got to know a lot. And, um, but, you know, you're not talking about 
you know, grapes or terroir, like you're talking about people. So I think that's a really interesting way in. Yeah, and I will be the first to say that I'm not one with this huge wine background and this huge wine knowledge, and I really respect people who have that um, because I think it's it's amazing, you know, the dedication that it takes to learn um, all about the processes and the grapes and just everything about it. It's such an amazing industry. But, again, I'm, yeah, coming more from a place of, well, we're all supporting each other, like especially in hospitality. I think that's what I w- what I've really loved that everyone really does support each other, and it's just been beautiful to see. Um, you know, we'll have winemakers come down and bring the bottles themselves and sit down and have a drink, and you know they'll be like, "Oh, well, I can see your speakers aren't really working. I'll bring I'll bring you some next time." And it's just such a beautiful community, and that's what I love about it. Um, of course, you know, learning about the process of it is is amazing because I said it's it's just astonishing what they do, and I feel like they don't get paid enough. Like it's crazy to think that a bottle of wine can cost $20, but the process that goes into it is insane. Um, but I, I love that, yeah, that side of it, as you said, the people side of it and just hearing their story. And when you, um, like what sort of, I guess, transformations or experiences are you hoping to create for people that, that come in for a drink or to buy a bottle of wine? What, what, are, you, what are you trying to yeah, share with them? I think the main thing, and I've said this before, you know, in speaking to people is that I want it to be a very comfortable vibe. Um, I think sometimes, and not, not all, but you know, in the wine industry, it can be, as you said, a little bit intimidating. And I really don't want that. I want people to come in and feel comfortable to speak to us about the wine, because there are a lot of things that they might've not seen a lot of um, winemakers, varieties that they're just not familiar with. So I want people to come in you know, bring their dog, grab a pizza from next door, have a seat, drink some wine, play some Uno. Um, and just for it to feel to feel very comfortable, it shouldn't be intimidating. Sometimes I feel like the hospital industry yeah, can just be intimidating or you have to be um, a certain person or in a certain group or have this many followers to eat at a certain restaurant, which it shouldn't be. It just, if you love good food, good wine, then that's it. That's all you need. And just come and have a laugh and have a chat and um, yeah, come hang out. Wow, you make it sound pretty straightforward and simple. And I mean, I'm sure that energy is sort of um, feeds into every aspect of the business. I mean, are there other hospitality operators that you've sort of gone to for advice or that you've been inspired by? I think, I mean, as again, coming, living in Footscray, just walking around and seeing, you know, the likes of bar time, um, you know, amazing establishment, very easygoing as well. Um, like Bar Josephine, you know, those type of those type of businesses that are just very um, relaxed. I wanted to ensure that we were staying true to that. Um, but I think as well, it's just you know who I am as a person and how I I just want a business that feels true to me. I would never create something that isn't who I am. I want to make sure that it just feels like I'm hanging out with my friends. Like when we go to each other's houses, we're having a drink, we pull out a board game. It, it just, yeah, we want to keep it really simple. Um, but I think trying to bring that into a business was, was difficult. And a lot of people were like, BYO Food, are you crazy? And I was like, yeah, but I want to support these amazing businesses near us. Like, why would I try and I'm not, I don't come from a food background. And I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I just want to create a really nice welcoming wine bar. Um, so I think a lot of it was people thought I was crazy, but I just want to keep pushing that vision and hopefully people feel comfortable and, you know, we've been getting great feedback that people, yeah, can just come hang out and um, it doesn't feel intimidating. It's just a nice casual night out and that's exactly what I want. 
Love it. So, I mean, we've been talking a lot on this podcast about costs and pricing and, you know, how difficult it is to make a buck in hospo. I mean, especially given that you're you're not selling food. I mean, sometimes that could be seen as an advantage monetarily. But, I mean, how, how tricky is it to make um, a profitable business? It, it has been hard and I think as most people in the hospital industry would say it's been a it's been a rough um, couple of months I of course I wasn't we weren't open during lockdown so I can't even imagine how difficult that was for businesses but um, yeah I think look as I said the no food thing was definitely a risk but it's sort of it's just if I if we if we keep the environment comfortable if we have great customer service that's what people want like I feel like that the the feedback that we've been getting from a lot of people and especially in Footscray is this is exactly what was needed here just something very casual something you can grab a bottle on the way to Rosh Hashan or on the way to you know dinner um, and then something you can come to after dinner if you just want to hang out or even if you just want to stay there all night just come as I said grab a pizza play some games um, it's definitely a risk but it's something that I think you just need to keep pushing and you just need to, it's the vision that I had and it's the vision that I just need to keep um, pushing forward. Of course we have a small menu, you know, just with salami and cheeses, but again, I want to continue to keep um, like, well, essentially the business model that we had is just that we all want to support each other. And I think having that BY food option is just another way to support businesses. And I want to ensure that we keep that within our business. Mm, I love it. So this is um, a bit of a left field question, but have you ever thought of um, matching board games or card games with wine? Because I just oh my God. think <laughs> like maybe there's a really good wine for you, no, and really. Oh, I love that. <laughs> No, I've not thought about. You know what? That is something that we can definitely do because we'll we'll need to discuss after this because that sounds fun. <laughs> I reckon it would be really fun. I would I would cross town for that. Um, so without asking you to match it to a particular game, Farah, just tell us about a wine um, that you've been loving recently. Ooh, okay. So Compiromaru have created this rosé, which. Um, Al was actually in the other day and he said it's their most, you know, their, the rosé they're most proud of. It's called Tears of Mikado um, and it's a beautiful Dolcetta Sangrettino blend, um, very tart, kind of ripe um, cherries and raspberries. That's something that we have, we've had on the menu for the last two weeks and I think we're just going to continue to have that. That's been amazing. It's a heavier rosé, so definitely just perfect for, you know, coming into autumn um, and winter. So that's something that I'll be drinking for the next couple of weeks for sure. Love it. Maybe good with chess. Yes, <laughs> I agree. I think that's definitely a chess wine. Um, Farah, so awesome to speak to you. Really grateful to get a taste of your enthusiasm and your passion for the industry and also, you know, the change you're going to continue to bring. So thanks for sharing with us uh, on Dirty Linen on International Women's Day slash week. Um, really awesome to have you on the show. Thanks so much, Johnny. It was great to have a chat. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.